official home of the Canucks. Tiki Pete comes out of the box and puts the puck into the back of the net. Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to Bick and the Boss here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Just over 24 hours away till we start finding out uh, who the selections are for the Seattle Kraken and uh, what will happen. Will there going to be side deals occurring? Will the Vancouver Canucks send someone to Seattle or something, a draft pick, to uh, incentivize Seattle to select Braden Holpe? Or will uh, Seattle say, you know what? We like Braden Holpe, but we never thought we'd have an opportunity to draft someone like Carey Price, a real superstar who just went to the Stanley Cup final, could have been a Conn Smythe winner even if he was on the losing side. He was that good in the playoffs. We got to do this. Even if it's $10.5 million, even though we're giving some money to Chris Dreger, we got to do this. This is uh, what's at hand here, C-Mac. <laughs> I'm still I, I will be shocked if, if that's what truly happened but I heard Elliot Friedman uh, on 31 Thoughts and you can get that at your uh, you know favorite podcasters or sportsnet.ca talking about do you think maybe now the Habs are a little um, uh, worried or we're not really all that happy that they've actually done this and, and the reaction that they're getting kind of from the Seattle side of things is as media is leaked to different insiders ar- around North America that perhaps maybe they maybe we misjudged this one. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have exposed our, our, our goalie who is our face of our franchise. So it, it's going to be fascinating, but I, again, Vic, I'm going to be really surprised if Seattle does decide to take Carey Price at his age, with his contract, yes, he's still one of the best in the business, maybe number two in the world, but I, I'm going to be really surprised, less surprised if they, they take Holtby. Although, you know, are they going to want to help their Cascadia cousins out? It remains to be seen. It kind of feels like, and, and look, I haven't watched wrestling in a long time, but it feels like Montreal like went to the top row for a high-risk, high-reward type move here. You know, $10.5 million comes off the books. Yeah, it sounds great. And my, my worry is, like, okay, what if they take him? You kind of have to sell that to the rest of your team as well. Like, hey, this is a good thing for us that we got the $10.5 million. One of the things I was so impressed about Montreal is how they all bought in together. I, I'd be a little worried if they lose him. And, if you know, for what you're talking about, this this gamble, I'm not sure it's going to pay off. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to Yannick Hansen about this now. Longtime NHLer in Vancouver Canuck and a regular contributor here on Sportsnet 650 on Bick and the Boss and the People Show on Fridays. Uh, Yannick, we've seen the protection list come out now. Uh, you know, when, when you were kind of reviewing this over the weekend, how, t- how surprised were you and how tempted should Seattle be by the name Carey Price? Haha. <laughs> Yeah, obviously the the injury news coming out uh, throws a little bit of a curveball at it. Um, again, I go back to the Vegas draft. Um, I don't know the age difference between Flurry and, and and Price, but but it's uh, like he was the face of the franchise, the big dog they they brought in. Uh, he's been carrying that team in in Vegas. Uh, you can't help but but get the same kind of feeling with Price. 
yeah, he's got a he's got a bigger contract and stuff like that. He hasn't won like Flurry had, but but still, it's it's the same thing. You have a goalie. If he plays the way he did in the playoffs, you have a goalie that can win you games every single night. Um, you have that. You have a team that can compete. Um, but but again, it it comes down to obviously injuries. Uh, where you think you're going? Um, I, I don't feel like the players available uh, on the forward and these are as dominant or could be as as Vegas the players Vegas got. I think we saw a lot of the trades that really benefited Vegas. Uh, they went to other teams. I think we saw 10, 15 trades uh, uh, leading up to, and and all of them were kind of uh, uh, players or uh, draft picks that four years ago would have gone to to Vegas, but now they go to to the other teams. So I don't think they'll be in the same position. Um, but again, adding a player like Price, uh, the name uh, he's played in his junior in those uh, in those areas. So so there is definitely some uh, some familiarities and, and something uh, where you could be enticed to to take him. Yannick, I'm curious because you know neither Bick and I have been through this process before, where you know Bergevin obviously had to go sell this in some way as as Bick said to the hockey team to carry price you know to to waive the no movement and I, I'm sure he probably walked and said hey buddy there's no way they're taking you we just have to do this to help our hockey team and and you're you're making a sacrifice here in the short term and it's not going to play out how does that happen does the GM go to the player in your history do they go to the the, the agent like these conversations where you're, you're looking at this like you do us a solid here whether that's signing a better deal, a hometown discount, or something along those lines, I'm curious of those conversations of how those things transpire, that a, a GM can get the message to the player, like, hey, do this for us, and it's going to help the team in the long run. But there's a bit of a risk involved, I guess, in this case for Carey Price. Yeah, I, I've never been privy to those discussions, so so I can't say. But but again, it's uh, if this is happening, then it, it's, uh, it's Bertram, and he, he's calling up Price's agent and saying, can, can you do this? The rest of the players, he hasn't sold it. He hasn't asked them. Uh, he probably hasn't told them. Uh, they, they get that through uh, through the grapevines like the rest of us. He's like, oh, price is not, not uh, protected now. It's not like he's calling up all the guys and say, hey, we're going to do this. And uh, we're not expecting him to get picked. No, it's uh, this is between uh, the club and the one player. Um, I, I will say this, though, like... Uh, they're coming out saying, yeah, we, of course, we hope he doesn't get picked. Uh, on the other side, um, if they can get out from under that contract as well, um, they, they, they can spend that $10.5 million, which has been an anchor around, uh, around the team, especially in the, in the regular season where you can say, okay, we got Jake Allen in net. Um, we, we, we got $10 million, which is potentially two top, uh, uh, top two uh, wingers you can add to your team there, which will push this team in, in a whole other direction. Uh, so if, if he doesn't get picked and you say, see, we got, to protect the, we got to protect our goalie here. If he does get um, picked, he's like, we got rid of the cap space and now we can spend that on, on improving our teams uh, elsewhere. So from, from Bergeron's uh, standpoint, this, this, is, uh, this is a win-win for him. Uh, whatever happens, he he can uh, he can move forward and turn this into a to a positive. Just how tough is this? you know? Just from a, a talent perspective, I think we all marvel at Carey Price sometimes, but contractually, ten and a half million dollars is very difficult and all this sort of stuff. But it, it, I just look at the talent. I think Seattle's job is to get superstars. 
take us through the on-ice component. Just how tough is it to beat Carey Price? You paid 13 games against Montreal, never scored a goal. I, I'm just curious, you know, when, when you're on the ice, what separates him from other goalies? There's, there's a certain part of intimidation uh, when, when you go up against a goalie like that. He's obviously a bigger goalie. Uh, and sometimes those, those type of goalies have this aura around you where you have to, to shoot the perfect shot in order to score otherwise. So you kind of overthink it, uh, make an extra pass just to maybe we can get a backdoor tap in instead because there's no way I'm beating this guy. Uh, so that can creep into your heads a little bit. But, but the fact that he's, he's a big goalie, um, so you're not you're not seeing a lot of net to shoot at when you're coming at him, where some other goalies are like, how, how do I miss this when I come down here? Uh, where, where he has that thing to him that yeah you're it's carry price but but he also has the frame so so it's not just about okay you're playing against a, a very very talented goalie right here no you're also I'm not really seeing where I should be shooting where uh, if you take uh, quick for for instance where you're like oh there's a lot of net here but but he still finds a way to come up with the saves um, but it's not like you're you're looking at a wall Yannick if if you're Seattle. Are you are you building it this way with Kerry? Like, is is this what you're doing, or or, you know, we've heard injury speculation, all the stuff that's going around this. But if you're Ron Francis and you're looking at it and you want to face the franchise, or you or you do do you believe that filling that goalie spot with someone of of the likes of Kerry Price is the most important thing to do? It, it gives you that uh, day one uh, marquee name you can sell. Uh, so so for the, from that aspect, I can completely understand it. And again, it's. Is it four years he has left? So, so it's not like it's uh, it's a six or seven year deal. It is your goalie um, that they can play a lot longer and be good. Um, so again, it, it ties into also um, what other players are you looking to get right now? Uh, are you looking to maybe land a, a Landeskog? Uh, are you adding Tarasenko? Um, what what other type of of big contracts are, are you bringing in? Uh, is it Giordano? Like. You don't have unlimited supply of, of cap space here uh, and filling out the goalie with, with 10 and a half and it looks like they're signing the other goalie. All of a sudden, you're spell, spend, spending $14 million on, on two goalies. That, that's a lot of cap space gone. Um, so a lot of it goes into what are the other players you're picking uh, and, again, uh, how, how does it all tie together? Because cap space aside, you take him in a heartbeat. Um, but again, there's more that goes into it uh, these days than just uh, uh, how good is the player and what does he what does he do? Yannick Hansen joining us, longtime NHLer in Vancouver Canucks. So in 2017, uh, you were protected by the San Jose Sharks. What were the uh, days leading up to when the protection list had to get submitted? Like for you, were you uh, comfortable that you were going to get uh, protected? Yeah, no, I, I knew that they did just trade it for me, and in, in San Jose, it was pretty. Uh, I, I think it was pretty obvious who who they were protecting, so there weren't really any uh, <laughs> anything out there. Um, it was one of the reasons I was traded out of Vancouver as well. Um, so, so it wasn't really like I was worried about not being protected or, or whatnot. Uh, looking back, uh, I was like, okay, it might not be that fun going to Vegas. They're not going to be good at the beginning uh, and all these things. Uh, San Jose was a cup contender when I was there. Um, in hindsight, uh, Vegas goes on to the, to the finals in the first year. So had I been picked, though, well, I would have been in a pretty good position where we were out in, in the first round, I believe. So it's, 
you can always look back and say uh, this and that, but but again, no. Uh, the way it worked out in San Jose was the guys that were protected. It, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, and expansions different now, Yannick. Uh, you know, back in the day when some other expansion teams would come in, they were notoriously bad for years and years and years before getting. But but the NHL in creating this interest in and around an expansion draft. And, and I've actually seen other mock drafts for other leagues, if they were to have an expansion draft, what it would look like. It does create an interest. And I guess in a lot of ways, it creates an instant uh, competitive team that is, is popular and, and good to sell in the market. Do you think that's a smart move by the National Hockey League to not insulate these teams completely, but allow them to be competitive out of the gate? I think it, it ties into what they've been trying to do with the salary cap. You want the priority or whatever you say. Everybody's even. Everybody's in it right down to the wire. Everybody's filling their, fill, filling their buildings because of it. Nobody wants to see a team that, that's out of it. You see what happens in, in Ottawa when they're, they're gone. Like they, It's a half full building. The NHL don't want that. They want money, uh, people in their seats spending money. Um, everybody talking about uh, who's going to make the playoffs and who are adding this and that. And you get that when you have even teams. Um, there's no teams that are uh, by far and wide the best team in the league, and there's no team that are by far and away the worst team. Um, so it, it generates more money this way, I think. And again, that's what they've been, been aiming towards. So doing it this way where you're guaranteed uh, quality players for an expansion team um, and I wouldn't say instant success. It was for Vegas. I don't know if it'll be the same for Seattle, um, but but it does it does give you something right away. Where if you're a fan in Seattle and you're like, okay, we might have to wait ten years here before something is signed. No, we, we're gonna get it right off the bat. And again, sell tickets, um, get fans behind the behind the team. Uh, you gotta create. The, they do have some hockey down there, but again, not not to the point where where it's going to be now. So, so you need some, some sort of momentum, some things to, to kick things off. Uh, the Canucks uh, leading up to uh, the protection list as well, made a trade to get uh, Jason Dickinson. I'm not sure if you played against him at all, but uh, do you have an idea of what his game is like? And uh, obviously being a third line defensive center, there, there's that element to it. How badly do they need this? Uh, it's exactly the type of player I was hoping they'd find. Uh, as for him specifically, I, I don't know him that well, so I don't know his skating, uh, his uh, his vision and that stuff. That's something we'll have to see uh, as the games progress here. But it, it was the, the type of player I wanted them to, to go out and get. Somebody who could fill that hole uh, immediately. Somebody where we don't have to think, oh, who's going to go in and, and fill this spot? Is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be... No, it, it's going to be it's going to be Dickinson. And that's good to know. You have a defined role. You know what's expected on you. Now it's up to him. It's up to him to come in and prove. And that's what happens with all trades. Um, you can't judge, uh, judge a trade right off the bat. You have to kind of see where, where it takes you. And now it's in his hands. He's going to get the opportunity. He's going to play behind two extremely talented centers. He's going to have a defined role, um, know what's expected of him. Uh, can he lift that role? Um, time will tell. Um, but in terms of uh, size, age, um, uh, again, have some, some experience in the league, it's exactly the type of player you want to succeed and somebody who can grow with the team going forward. Yannick, the the one, I'll say, criticism of him in the sense of his game and where it's been at have been his point totals and maybe 
maybe hasn't had the opportunity in Dallas to to put a few more points up. But I'm curious, can you, you know, you can improve your skating, you can improve things, and, and he's very sound defensively. Can he improve some of his offensive uh, production, even at the age of 26, by working on a few things? Or, or are you kind of where you're at when you're at that age, and, and he'll just be a sound defensive player? It's all about timing and your line mates, uh, to be completely honest. Uh, if you find the right fit, the other two wingers, I don't know if it's going to be Mott, if it's going to be Herklander or whoever it's going to be, uh, Podolsky. But if you find the right fit uh, and you tilt the ice the right way, your points will come. If you spend time in the offensive zone, um, catch the other offensive guys cheating, you, you will get your points. It's that simple. Um, you, you pour enough, enough shot on net, uh, all those little things, uh, points will come. But if you play in your own end, it won't happen. That's why it's so important to find um, the right fit, the right mix, and again, the players that can that can tilt the ice in the right direction. Because um, you can be as talented as you want, uh, but if you're playing in the other end, in your own end, it doesn't matter. Uh, what about just style of play? Because with Dallas, we you know we, we look at them as being this defensive team, whereas you know Vancouver. The, the, there's the the goal in being up tempo. Now they've been hemmed in their own end a lot, but the the goal is to be you know high pressure, high tempo. Could a different environment mean hey five to seven to ten extra points for a player? Uh, absolutely. Again, it it all depends on uh, on the role, and again, style does style of of the coaching staff of the team you're playing on dictates too uh, what kind of points you're you're putting up. Um, so again. Uh, it's very hard to judge just because you scored so-and-so the year before or two years ago means you're going to do it forward. Uh, no, that thing can can differentiate uh, quite a bit, as you guys know. Um, but again, it, it more so depends whether or not you're finding your um, uh, your niche, what you're good at, and again, finding a couple of guys that you work well with. Um, I, I saw his um, in an interview done with him uh, about how he's stating all last year he was didn't know if he was a left winger, if he was a right winger, if he was center, who his line mates were. Uh, those are those are tough uh, tough working environments when you don't know what's expected of you when you go in, uh, and you're kind of left to your own and all those little um, agreements you have with your line mates. If I'm here, you go there. Uh, you don't have to look. Uh, you just know where they are. The game is so fast that if you have to look and then see where guys are, it's closed off. You almost have to do it no looking or in blind because that's when the play is open. Teams are so good at shutting down guys um, that if you don't have that uh, that extra step um, or half a second, um, you don't get to the opportunities. That's why it's important to get chemistry, get guys to play together for more than just a dozen games. Uh, it, it comes from practicing. It comes from hanging out outside the ice as well, uh, learning uh, little things, whatever it might be. Um, and that's where, again, coming back to he's got the right age, that he can be here for a while and hopefully find a couple of guys to grow with that you can build that third line into something that we've seen on, on a lot of winning teams. Yannick, just one from the Dunbar Lumber text inbox before we let you go. Andrew from Poco uh, asks, with the team already short of players with toughness and physical pushback, should there be a concern in losing McEwen or Gadjevich, I guess, to Seattle in the expansion draft? Seems Vancouver always has issues finding adequate players with toughness. 
Yeah, it's it's again that team toughness. That's why when we're talking about we need a little more size on the third line center here. And yeah, I don't I don't want to lose McEwen because uh, he's kind of the only guy who has that intimidation that can square off with uh, just about anybody and, and again do well. Uh, so I I wouldn't like losing him. Um, I'd like to add that type of player um, who is not only intimidating that. Maybe you are able to, to stand up for my teammates, but make defensemen look over their back. Oh, is this guy going to come and hit me right now? Because um, that's where team toughness comes from, um, that you're intimidating to play against. Like Nowadays, it's easy to say, no, I'm not going to fight you. You're going to be sitting on the bench because you can't force that. But if the guy is pounding your defenseman through the end boards every single time he's out there, an answer has to be, and, and somebody's going to come at you, and all of a sudden you're holding all the cards um, drawing penalties, uh, frustrating guys, making them think about uh, you instead of uh, other things they should be doing. So I'd like to see somebody who can come in, contribute, and play that role. I know it's easier said than done, and I, and I can't put a name on it right now, but, but you don't want less of that when you think about what Vancouver have already. Uh, might be a bit harsh then to ask it this way, but who are you hoping Seattle selects uh... – uh, on for the expansion draft for Vancouver, like what's the best case Tomorrow? scenario for Vancouver? Hopey, uh, hopey. Yeah, yeah? Uh, no question about that. Yeah, Demko is the guy now. Uh, so I want them going out finding a, a backup goalie in the million dollar range that can play. There's a ton of them around uh, that can play 15 to 20 games. Uh, give him the rest he needs on uh, on back to back, whatever it might be that he gets the time to see Clarkie. Uh, and then spend that three and a half that's left um, somewhere else on a defenseman, uh, wherever that might be. Um, like we were talking about price, uh, cap space is at a premium. And uh, again, you're spending 10 million on, on goalies in, in, in Vancouver right now. So you can get rid of, rid of some of that and allocate it uh, elsewhere. I think it'll go a long way. He is Yannick Hansen, longtime NHLer and Vancouver Canuck. Yannick, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you on Friday as well. Sounds good. Take care. It's Yannick Hansen, one of the best. Uh, pretty informative there uh, here on Bick and the Boss. Yeah, I, I guess Brayden Hope is the one uh, that helps the Vancouver Canucks the most. Obviously, people uh, don't want to see Cole Lynn go because it's you know high draft pick and maybe a player that's coming into his own at this stage. Uh, but the one that opens up the most money is Brayden Hopey. And uh, just as Yannick kind of illuminated there. Uh, what can he do with that $4.3 million afterwards? And we talked about that uh, already in the show. They, they need that money to, to spend elsewhere to to fix some other problems. Bick Nazar, Craig McEwen here on Bick and the Boss. A uh, people show coming up at 3 o'clock. Elliot Friedman will join at 4 o'clock. And also, so we're talking about the uh, Seattle Kraken expansion draft, uh, we've been doing these kind of war room series where we break down an idea and you know, spend a 10 minutes on it and you know, try to come to a consensus. Well, we're going to do it for an hour today with the uh, the People Show expansion draft and, and go through and pick 30 players. But you are also going to get involved during the People Show between 3 and 6 o'clock. We're going to be doing this on Twitter.com, Sportsnet 650. Uh, we'll be putting out... Uh, Twitter polls for each of the 30 teams, giving you four selections. You make the selections for those teams, and we'll see what team you craft as well. 
and then we'll compare the two, how Sat Dan and Randeep did versus how you, the people, did. Uh, and we'll see what, what what those two teams look differently. I'm curious if the people, C-Mac, uh, will follow uh, um, the salary cap or if they go over the cap. Uh, be, be a bit harder to discern, but I, I imagine uh, they'll go over the cap, but we'll see what happens then. A fun little exercise for the people uh, come up at 3 o'clock. Yeah, spend, spend, spend. They're not going to worry about the cap. They're going over the cap. Spend, 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 but suddenly it's like, hey, the Canucks have to be careful with their cap space. Don't don't, don't you have 10% to play with right now? You don't have to be under, you don't have to be under until the puck drops on the season. So I, I think the Kraken have to draft below 81.5, but they're allowed to go over afterwards, yeah. like every other team. Uh, but it's an exciting week, obviously, with the expansion draft and the NHL draft as well. NHL draft coverage on Sportsnet 650, brought to you by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Sore feet, they can help. Book an appointment at Kintech today and find out why. Big Nazar, Craig McHughan, back with more here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. You're listening to Big and the Boss. It's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing, and they started calling me Sleepy Tom. <laughs> Why would they do that to me? Sportsnet 650. Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going to the White House today to see President Biden. I didn't realize uh, Tom Brady had a backup career as a comedian. All ready to go. <laughs> Sleepy Tom. Sleepy Tom. Sleepy Tom, he... Had some other jokes as well. Hard at work. But uh, how is the how's his knee doing, Bick? Hiding yeah. that from all the betters all year long. I, I yeah. can't believe that. Would have changed the perception of everything. And, you know, five months later, torn knee, TB12 meals aren't as great as I thought they were. Couldn't help his MCL. Or, or, or is this is this just him? You know, pumping up how tough and brave he was. Brady the Brave? Soldiering through this torn meniscus or whatever it was. You know, come on. You really had to put on a, uh, a like the NFL Films voice there, right? Dun, dun, <laughs> soldiering through the frozen tundra of Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah. It's 98 degrees today. Was there anything better than NFL? I'm, I'm sorry, and I know I'm, I'm older than, you know, most. But oh, I, I the, those, those the, the music and the sound and the way they used video, just fantastic. Absolutely, it is uh, golden. I still listen to the soundtrack sometimes. It's great. Got it. It on gets Spotify. you pumped, doesn't it? It kind of, it, oh, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. Just the senses kind of get going, and you're like, I, I want to run outside and hit something. <laughs> uh, Vic Nazar and Craig McEwen uh, broadcasting uh, from our respective homes in uh, Coquitlam and Langley, uh, not on location like we were yesterday, uh, supporting a good cause. And we're happy to uh, talk about another one here. Joining us now, a professor of South Asian Studies at UFV, is that Binder Baines. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, coming up uh, very soon is the third annual Bajwa Dami Building Bridges Community Golf Day. Uh, can you just give us an idea of, of you know, what this uh, initiative goes towards helping? Yes, um, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, the initiative is really to build uh, community capacity to address some of the local issues that we're facing in our communities and concerns, but build it in a way that builds bridges at the same time between communities. So not to isolate communities around their issues, but to see them as uh, collective concerns. So our work is to really bring people together and not to create silos and create 
uh, smaller verticals people to work within, but to build interdisciplinary teams of people that look at ways to find solutions to local local problems. I know our Randy Janda is is a big supporter, and and you know he he's helped this initiative and was the one who put me in contact with you. But also, we've, we've talked about this before a little bit, you know, off air. Tell us a little bit about how sport can help build bridges. And, you know, we, we see it during the Olympics and, and people get so excited around the competition. But the idea that, that sport can kind of help build those bridges for different communities and different kids uh, around the Fraser Valley. Yes, absolutely. And I really want to thank Randeep for being such a great supporter all these years. Uh, a shout out to him for being a great mentor and a leader in our communities. Uh, so I think sports is a universal desire around the world for children, adults, as well as seniors to be engaged around healthy living, healthy lifestyles, healthy mindfulness. But I think it goes a little bit beyond that for our purposes. We really want to see sport as a strengthening unit of our communities where uh, families and uh, people of all backgrounds come together uh, to have fun, but at the same time to understand responsibility and discipline and to ha- have other outlets for free time or for ways of engaging or keeping the endorphins going and staying mentally active. Uh, and I see sport as a real uh, diffuser around race or, I mean, yes, uh, recently we've seen that in the Cup in England, what happened. And racism is an ugly, ugly uh, scourge in our society. But I hope that sport equalizes somehow uh, people's opportunities to uh, uh, be involved in, in game activities, learn team uh, leadership, team building, uh, young people getting engaged in their skill sets, as well as excelling, as you said, in the Olympics. So I see sport as very much a building bridges activity in the communities. Dr. Svetinder Baines joining us here from uh, Professor of South Asian Studies at UFV. So that's interesting because, you know, you don't need to convince us about the value in sport. You're talking to a sports radio station, and, and we've both been immersed into it for long periods of time. So I'm sure many of our listeners have been as well. But as you try to get into these communities to talk about that idea of using sport as a vehicle to build these bridges, what successes have you seen and perhaps also what challenges have you seen? Well, the successes that we've seen is uh, where young uh, family members uh, who are raising children are starting to see sport as a outlet, as an outlet, even for immigrant families that come to this country who are, who don't have a lot of money or support systems. You know, trying to get involved in uh, juvenile sports or young sports, I see that as being uh, a diffu- a nice equalizer for young people to be engaged with people of all backgrounds. Uh, I think sport for uh, the challenges we have seen, although have been that uh, some sports don't have the same type of access. They're either very expensive or uh, they're the kind of people that uh, play in that sport are from one cultural community. For example, in ice hockey, uh, we still don't see the kind of representation of uh, Canada, of Canadians in ice hockey. So, I think sport, it might be an equalizer, but I think there are still some access issues that sports organizations really need to spend some time thinking about. While we, you know, all of us are fans and we support sport teams, whether they're in the Olympics or their franchises, I think there's a social responsibility of sports to really understand how they impact young people's minds and how the access to sports, both as audience and as players, is an issue in Canada. 
Yeah, is that the biggest hurdle, do you think, is that entry point, that access to some of these so-called, I'll, I'll say, Canadian traditional sports that are around? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a major issue. Uh, you know, Canadian sports, as you know, uh, nationally and uh, even locally, there are there's a great... Um, kind of glamour attached to the sport. And although the sport may have some very dark roots and may have some really big problems, the glamour kind of has hidden those issues. And what we want to do is not just expose them willy-nilly, but expose them in a meaningful way, expose them in a way that sports starts to be accountable for its own inner workings, its, its establishment, how it was established, what are the roots of the sport, and how can it be, really represent Canada? How can we be, feel proud of the flag that is everywhere when we go and play abroad or in our local communities? So I do think it's an internal issue. I think sports has to be exposed and has, there has to be some work being done. It is the uh, third annual Bajwa Dami Community Golf Day. You have time to register prior to the Saturday uh, at the 24th. If people want to get involved, uh, how, how else can they get involved? Well, we, we would love to see you out on the uh, playing, of course, but uh, you can also sponsor something if you would so like. Where It's on our website, on UFE's website. Just put Sassy Golf and it'll show up. Uh, love for you to sponsor it if you're so able, as Sportsnet has done. And thank you, Sportsnet for, Sportsnet, for supporting us up to our third year. We hope this will be an annual event that you'll continue to support. Uh, but we also, if you're a volunteer, if you have young people who want to come and help out that day, you know, give us a call. We're online. You can call us, and we would love for you to come. We'll, have, we'll give you a free lunch. Come and have fun with us. And uh, just at the same time, just the love of sport. Like, just be happy and uh, go into higher education. We really want kids to be able to fulfill their dreams. And so uh, I hope that going to university or college or vocational school or whatever you know drives you, whatever makes you happy, I hope that this uh, kind of partnership between the university and the community also breaks down some of those access barriers to higher education. So this is very much a community-building uh, activity and event. Uh, again, it, it's... It's S-A-S-I at UFE.ca if you want to email any questions or get involved. Uh, joining us is Seth Winter Baines. Thank you very much, and uh, best of luck with the event. Uh, thank you so much. And again, thank you to Sportsnet for supporting us all these years. Absolutely happy to do on behalf of everyone here. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Seth Winderbanes, the Director of South Asian Studies Institute at UFE. Again, uh, this Saturday uh, is your uh, deadline to register. So uh, jump in and uh, play some golf this weekend. Uh, I, I like that people are getting out playing golf. It, 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 it strikes uh, that semblance of normalcy, C-Mac. We're, we're, we're back on the course. Yeah, we saw that yesterday, and and I know how much work Randeep puts into this, and mm-hmm. and how happy he is, and I'm not so sure how much work he's put into his golf game because he talked to me earlier about getting lessons. But uh, Randeep doesn't know. look like a big golfer. No, I think he's trying to get into it. I I I, I you know believe this this could be this tournament could be the tipping point of a new pro career for Randeep, perhaps. Pro career? <laughs> he's gonna be like the. Uh... Uh, that bowling guy that he loves, the the, the one with the uh, the meme. The, who are you? I am. Or, who do you think you are? I am. Randy's gonna sink like this forty foot putt and just start, you know, trash talking to everyone. Yeah, that's right. That's the nice thing about these tournaments, and and we saw it yesterday as well. The scramble. You only have to hit a couple of shots. <laughs> yes, thank you. Greg. <laughs> you only have to hit a couple of good shots uh, at one of these tournaments to be a hero. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, 650, 650, keep your thoughts coming in uh, as we uh, continue on here with Bick and the Boss. Uh, I- I'm curious, um, as we get ready for tomorrow's uh, expansion draft, you know, we- we've talked so much about, hey, who do we want in Vancouver to select and all this sort of stuff. And obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about Price. And should Seattle select him? What other teams, if if you're one of these 30 teams, who's the most nervous heading into tomorrow? Obviously, Tampa Bay with a talent that's available, but I'm not sure how nervous they they are. They, they've been preparing for this for quite some time. What other team do you look at and say, boy, they made kind of a big bet. I would be nervous if I was them. Well, that's a tough question to answer because I, I do believe Tampa Bay, if they lose Ianni Gord, that, that's a that's a big loss for them, but they have an abundance of riches, and, and you're right about that. Uh, I look at, you know, are the Flames really that keen to lose Mark Giordano? You know, yeah, I know, right? Like, now, mind you, they had to do this, right? Th- yes, but... Are, <laughs> Where they're at and what they're trying to do and how they're trying to accomplish things. You it know, is odd to just see his name there, right? Because he's the captain of the team. He's been Mr. Calgary, all this sort of stuff. And, and, and you're sort of looking at unprotected players. It's, it, it does strike me as odd that he's just available. Now, you know, Dubé is a good player. Mangiapane, Backlund, these are all strong players. You know, could they have gone the 4-4 four and four route instead and protected Giordano? But, yeah, if I'm Calgary, I'm a bit miffed that I'm, I'm going to be losing – uh, my captain. Yeah, the 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 so-called, as you said, leader of their team, the the voice that's been there for quite some time. Uh, you know, you, you also have to, you know, look at the fact that th- there's going to be some players like a, I'm sure a Jake Bean wouldn't be surprised because mm-hmm. of the history he's had with Ron Francis that he he could be moving on. But you know, the the outside of that, you know, I'm I'm not sure it'd be interesting to see what they do, you know, with price is, is that the player they're going to take from Montreal? They're go, they're going somewhere else. I, I, I look at this Bick and, and, you know, the Canucks have set themselves up nicely to, to lose something, but maybe not the most important piece in this whole Low thing. Consequence, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, the last one for me, and, and you know how much I love my jets, the, the Dylan DeMello, is yep. he the one that they pluck out of Winnipeg? And does he stay there? That That's the one that's really interesting for me. There was two other teams I wanted to highlight. Calgary was one, and Winnipeg's another. Because I would be sweating bullets if I was Kevin Shavel day off right now. Of yeah. Okay, you know you're going to lose one, but which one would you prefer to lose? And like Mason Appleton's good player, improved a lot. And yet I would say, if I'm Winnipeg, I'm thinking you know what, I've got Shifley, I've got Connor, I've got Ehlers, we traded for Dubois. If I lose another forward, as, as important as Appleton is, I think we can we can survive that one. It's the DeMello one. If they select him, they've had problems with their defense. They, they're they a team that's kind of been helter-skelter in their own end. You lose Dylan DeMello, I would be so nervous. Now, I wouldn't go a step so far to say I'm ready to make a side deal to make sure DeMello's protected, but, man, like, that is nerve-wracking to say we've had so much problem on our blue line. At one point, they had Bufflin, they had Myers, they had Truba. They were so solidified on that back end. And now we're talking about, boy, I hope they don't lose their fourth D-man because who knows what's next after that. 
Yeah, and and really is De- DeMello their fourth D-man or do they look at Stanley as a guy they just couldn't do that size in that package and yes, he was sheltered for most of the year but had a really strong playoffs that they just couldn't afford to lose him. I'm sure if I'm Winnipeg, I'm I'm hoping it's Appleton. DeMello is is, you know, one of those sought after commodities. And again, if the Kraken decide to use some of this to their advantage down the road, I wouldn't blame them at all. But but Dylan DeMello is a guy that if I'm Winnipeg, I do not want to lose. The other team, actually, there's two other teams I kind of want to highlight. But the one that really kind of struck me is St. Louis. What if they don't select Vladimir Tarasenko? And now it's like, Hey, welcome back. We exposed you. <laughs> We've been trying to trade you. You won out too. And we really thought Seattle was going to save us here. But uh, now we're going to try to trade you. And, and how low is that value at that stage? Right? Because now it, it's one thing if Seattle takes him and you can do the kind of, hey, we, we picked him with the intent to trade him to somebody. Or you could even sell it and be like, hey, we want to take a chance on a 40 goal scorer. You're going to pry him out of our hands. Because we're an expansion team, we kind of wanted a, a, a player who's got reasonable amount of upside. But if you're St. Louis and they don't select him, they take Finn Stun or they work out a, a free agent deal with Jaden Schwartz, something Elliot Friedman alluded to today on the 31 Thoughts podcast, and Tarasenko comes back to you, and now you've got to facilitate that trade, I, I got to feel like that that hampers the value a little bit. For sure. It, it doesn't help you, but... You know, we've also learned that the Flyers were one of the teams that wanted his medical record, you know, to Mm -hmm. take a look at it. So maybe they know something that we don't. And again, these GMs have been working hard the last few weeks, but this week in particular to try and, you know, utilize some opportunities that, you know, now that window's closed, but the next window opens. And, you know, when it comes to Tarasenko, obviously the relationship is fractured it really appears that he'd be moving on, but you're right. Does it diminish his value if he's not taken there? And then you just got to get him off your hands some way, somehow. So the last team I kind of want to highlight here, the Pittsburgh Penguins, because I I thought they kind of made a mistake with the whole McCann thing and then protecting Jeff Carter. I'm not sure how, you know, valuable and how well uh, Seattle would have looked upon a 36 year old player. You're looking at, you know, Zach Aston Reese is a nice player. Casey DeSmith is a good goalie or an up-and-coming goalie. But they, they exposed Brandon Tanev and, and Jason Zucker. And you know, two players I look at that it feels like they fit what Pittsburgh wants to do, but yet here they are. They've exposed them uh, to the expansion draft. I'm, I'm just curious where they are right now with, with the idea of we're obviously going to be losing, I would assume, Zach Aston Reese to, to be the most valuable asset, but... You know, leaving that amount of money there with Hanneman Zucker and Pedersen, actually, uh, uh, Marcus Pedersen, it, it almost feels like they wanted one of these contracts to come off the books, and I'm not sure it's going to. <laughs> yeah, here, take one of these guys. Look at, look right, at what we're it, giving it, you. It, it feels that way that they left this yeah. much money available that they want to maximize the back end of Crosby, back end of Malkin, and try to take one more uh, run at a Stanley Cup. You might need some bad money to come off the books, but there is enough talent on that team that you say, hey, a Zach Aston Reese is available, cheap contract, reasonable middle six player, maybe a bottom six player. That's the one we're going to take, and you know, it's not really solving a problem for Pittsburgh. It's probably just creating another headache. Yeah, and 
don't you feel like some of these teams that get near the end of the line with these superstars in a Crosby and Malkin that they sometimes have more problems than answers? And, you know, the, the, it was really interesting to me, and I don't know what was deal was done with Carter, that, that that's someone that you look at. But bottom line, Pittsburgh, I'm not so sure, Bick, that their window hasn't closed already. But, yeah, that maybe they got one more run in them, but it, it doesn't appear likely. And unless one of those bigger contracts goes off the books, then, yeah, what do you do if you're them? This is where, you know, they might have to entice Seattle to take something if they give up something. Already closed. Look at you doubting Sidney Crosby. Listen, I hey, Sid the Kid, one of the best, <laughs> if not the best hockey player in the world. You, you, you're, you're just trying to get the inbox fired up on me. But I, I just, you know... Hey, never say never, but it is definitely uh, the the window is ajar, but it's not ajar that 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 much. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited. This is it, it's such a unique experience, right? Of being able to build a, a roster in this way, of you know, starting from scratch, and, and and this isn't like the Nashville Predators. You know, I I can barely even remember who they picked way back when. Uh, This is totally different, and and we saw the success the Vegas Golden Knights had, and it comes to fruition for tomorrow for the Seattle Kraken, and I think part of it, too, is uh, finally the Canucks get their rival, and I think part of that excitement is is, uh, seeing who the the players you're going to hate tomorrow. Well, Tanev, Tanev's younger brother spent some time with the Surrey Eagles. You know, Carey Price, BC boy. Yeah, you're right about that. It is finally good to see what their plan is or what their blueprint will be. We'll have a better understanding or idea of what that hockey club, a new one, is thinking. And that's the one thing that we always want is that roadmap or that identity or or what are they looking at and how they're going to utilize it. And, hey, there's going to be some jaw-dropping moments probably in some – moments like I can't believe they actually did that but it'll all kind of piece itself together here over the the coming days and weeks to come I uh I imagine uh, we'll get more video leaks as well maybe uh they'll announce who you know someone will shoot a video and announce uh see Kerfoot uh, he's from BC too they're just gonna load up with all BC boys just to you know make the the Vancouver market bad or attract more Canuck fans south of the line (laughs) we'll see what happens tomorrow uh you have your chance to say uh, what the expansion draft will be like, because on the People Show on Twitter at Sportsnet 650, we're gonna be dropping poll questions for you, randomizing which teams you select. Uh, but we'll go through all 30 teams. You can cast your vote along with the rest of the people, uh, and and we'll play along. Uh, the People's Mock Expansion Draft online at Sportsnet 650. On the way, Elliot Friedman at four o'clock as well with Sat Dan and Randy Bicknasar, Craig McEwen. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet, 650.